Welcome to the Good Convo, Good People podcast with me, your host, Jordan DeLeon. Uh, you guys can see me now. Uh, this is our first video episode. I want to thank everyone who listened to our last episode with uh, my sister, Ashley. Appreciate all the love and support. Uh, I got another very special guest with us today. Um, Neymar, I mean, Dario. <laughs> what's up, Dario? Uh, what's up, what's up? Yeah, so uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell the people who you are, what you do, where you're from, why you do it. Go ahead. Absolutely, absolutely. I appreciate you having me on, Jordan. Honestly, I, when I first saw you doing this, it, it made me smile because I love seeing people, you know, branch out of the norm. But anyway, uh, yeah, I'm Dario. Uh, I am an entrepreneur, 33-year-old entrepreneur. Used to be an engineer. I always say a recovering engineer, but um, born and raised here in Denver, Colorado. Been here my whole life. Uh, grew up in that same area, the Harvey Park, kind of Bear Valley area. I HP? That, yeah, I think that the majority of your people on here. Yeah. <laughs> Dow Elementary, Coons Miller Middle School, Kennedy High School. Graduated 2006. Uh, after that, I went to college to be a civil engineer, Metro State University. Graduated in 2015 with my bachelor's degree in civil engineering, minor in math. Uh, from there, I... I Kind of jumped around from a couple different engineering jobs. Didn't really like any of them, honestly. I was still kind of just a, a number in the system, you know, and um, left a very stable career to, to do what I'm doing now. So, yeah, very mechanically inclined. I can build, fix just about anything. Yeah, and uh, before we actually met, because, um, well, how we know each other, so uh, Natalie's um, brother, Danny, you and him are – are really good friends, yep. and so I, I met you through them. But I've always kind of heard about you just from uh, just mutual, uh, just mutual older friends that I had, <laughs> and they would just always say like, I mean, you were always like you're building stuff in your garage. Yeah, you had bikes uh, yeah. and stuff built in your garage, so that that's kind of like your niche. Um, it is, yeah. I got really lucky early on. My mom had this giant. It was like an RV garage. I mean, it was huge, and I was able at a very young age. To really just get my hands on tools and she just pretty much let me do whatever I wanted in that garage so it really set me up for like what I'm doing now I always say everything that I'm doing now is like a culmination of, of all these little small things I did throughout my entire life so nice nice and uh your mom owns uh Angel Beauty Salon right there on Federal I'm, I'm sure yeah you know every, every all the girls has got their hair done there <laughs> once I've, I've gotten yeah, I mean, haircuts in there I feel like Angel's is a staple in like Denver in South Denver for know, sure absolutely. every everybody knows Angel's um absolutely. she's been there for 20 plus years she's been in that little area for almost 30 years but she's been at that location for 20 plus years yeah, Angel's Beauty, Beauty Salon on Florida and Federal. Yeah, you can't miss it. I mean, it, it, it's right there. Yeah, they uh, do awesome work. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I, I've even got haircuts in there. But, I, I mean, it, it's if you grew up in South Denver, you know Angel's right. for sure right there by the Gen X. Absolutely. Um, nice. So um, is that kind of where you got your, like, entrepreneur, like, mindset from? Was, like, from your mom? Or, yeah, or, like, you know what? I kind of want to equate it to that, but but I don't really, honestly. I think for me it was about, you know, not being okay with my current situation. You know, I had a eight-year career at Denver Water. I started there 2008, and I left in 2016, and I was very comfortable. You know, my mom was an entrepreneur at a very young age. She kind of didn't have a choice after my father passed away. But I saw, I saw the struggles that she went through, and it was something that at an early age, you know, my early 20s, late teens, I didn't want to – 
pursue. I wanted to be that engineer. I wanted to go to school. I wanted to get that good high paying job. I wanted what everybody wanted, right? I mean, that was the whole idea. But um, I, I, you know, I saw that my mom had freedom, and to me, that was more important. You know, so I got to a point. I think I got to a point in my career where it was like, okay, I can, I can make the money. You know, anybody who knows me, and I, maybe you don't know me well enough, but anybody who knows me knows that I've always been able to make a dollar. You know, that wasn't that wasn't my driving factor by any means. You know, that wasn't my motivating factor by any means. For me, it was like seeing the freedom that my mom got being her own boss. Like that financial freedom. No, not, not even that. Uh, just just get up and go to Vegas. You know, I'm not going in tomorrow because I don't feel like it. I'm not, I don't have to call anybody. Just, you know, just that, <laughs> as minute as it is, that freedom is worth life-changing events to some people oh yeah you know and that's what it was for me just the freedom to do whatever like you yeah. said just get up and go and just not like oh i, got, I gotta call into work or i gotta put in right. vacation and that so okay I, yeah I, so to answer your question i get you know i don't think it was seeing my mom have the, the freedom as much as it was like okay i did this for eight years and then i bounced around to a couple engineering firms and it was the idea that somebody had that much control over my life to be able to say you got to come in at eight you have to do this project on this time. You have to do all this small stuff, even though it's minute. You know, it was it, it was tiny things, but it was enough that I was like, I'm not, I'm not gonna do this. You know. Um, no, no, no. I mean, that's. I mean, not too many people. You'd be like, you know what? Like, fuck this. Yeah. And <laughs> like, no, I'm, I'm gonna was, quit this this job that I I got a uh, a degree in, and you know, work so hard to just to do what I want. So I right. mean, that that's a huge step, and you know, hats off to you for doing that. Right and, on. And that's kind of why I wanted you to. I wanted you on the show because I mean you're definitely somebody that I look up to in that that aspect right to where you're like, that always stuck with me. I'm like, like Dario just gave up like an engineering job for Denver Water, and yeah. I mean for everyone that knows Denver Water, like if you're in Denver Water, you're set. Oh, absolutely! It was a sweet gig. I mean, I'll never. I don't have nothing bad to, to say. No, about of course, Water. but it just it just wasn't it wasn't you. It right. wasn't what you wanted. But I was like, if he could do that to go pursue his dream, that always stuck with me and. I think that's kind of like w- part of the what pushed me into doing things like this or, or other things that I'm trying to get into. So right. that that's something. And, you know, that's why I want you on the show, because maybe you could inspire others. Um, but no, I mean, that that's definitely awesome. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, I mean, you've always been kind of just mechanic, you know, working with your hands, building stuff. Right. I think you started with the, the detailed cycles. Was that like your first actual like? That was. Yeah. So uh, after I left Denver Water, I jumped around to a couple different engineering firms. I went to the town of Castle Rock for a while. Then I went to an, another small engineering firm and just just didn't really fit in, dude. I mean, I was I was obviously qualified for the, the gigs. I just you know, I, I would wake up every day and I was mad. I'm like, why am I mad? You know, it's like going into meetings all grumpy. It's like, why am I grumpy? You know, I'd get home and I didn't feel accomplished. I'm like, why am I not accomplished? So it was, you know, after I had those run-ins, I, I left, like you said a minute ago, a very stable industry. I mean, I was easily a six-figure engineer, yeah. which is, is a very common thing in engineering, you know. But it, that's good money, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, know? I mean, six I mean, to six figures, man. Six that's... figure anything. Like, you don't even have to be an engineer. But six figure money is comfortable living. It's very comfortable living, no oh, matter yeah. what you're doing. But I did. I left all of that, and I, I found this little <laughs> – uh, thinking about it now, it, it's, uh, it's extremely humbling. Because I, I, I wanted to go into this entrepreneurship with, with that, that humble beginning. Like, I had a chunk of money that I had saved up, and I wasn't – you know, living paycheck to paycheck, or I wasn't eating ramen noodles by any means. But 
I found this little tiny shop in Golden, right on Golden Road. And if you know Golden, you know it's a very tight-knit community. Mm -hmm. And it was literally right on Golden Road. It was 1,200 square feet. Uh, it was a you know, it was thirteen hundred bucks a month with utilities. Uh, it was just enough room for like ten motorcycles. <laughs> but yeah, I I, I I quit it all to start a tiny twelve hundred square foot motorcycle repair shop. We were we restored vintage Japanese bikes, is what we did, and I did that because I loved at, at that point in my life. I loved to do that. Yeah. And I'm like, listen, what better way to jump into this entrepreneurship than doing something that I love to do? So I did it and. It was, it was, you know, and, and maybe this won't resonate very well with your viewers but or your listeners, but it, it was pretty dumb of me, honestly. It was... It, it's crazy is what it is. It I was, don't think it's dumb, but it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, we can have different opinions. But it was, you know, I left a very stable career at, you know, 100K plus a year for a shop that made $18,000 that year in net profits. Now, it didn't go belly up. I yeah. wasn't broke, but... I mean, it was a complete 180 mind shift from what I was doing. Oh, yeah, for sure. So and, and It was scary. No, and, and, and that is. But, I mean, for you to take that jump, you know, not, not too many people would, would do that. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? People be like, oh, you know, like it's always the what if or what if this fails or what right. if what if I don't make as much money as I anticipated, which you, which you didn't. But still, like, I mean, it was something that you were doing. And, and I mean, like, you were, you were happy doing it, right? Yeah, no, I mean, it was awesome. I, I'd go in every day, and, and there was a little tiny cafe at the end of the strip, like, ho the little strip um, mall thing that I was in. And it was called JC's Cafe. If you're ever in Golden, hit up JC's Cafe. Uh, John and Chris are awesome people. But anyway... I'd go there every morning, have a cup of coffee and some and some breakfast, and then I'd start my day. Like, okay, See, what, like, what, yeah, what was I gonna do today? It was like working on a nineteen seventy six Honda CD seven fifty Super Sport, awesome bike, you know. Or yeah. or the next day, some you know, like somebody brought me an RZR and let's do brakes on it or something. So it was like, it, it was something new every single day, and it was on my terms. More yeah. importantly, it was I'm not gonna go in today. I don't know how many times I told Marshall, I'm like, hey, let's go do something, and she's like, well, don't you have bikes? I'm like, I do, but. I can also do whatever I want. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it was like that whole concept was so new to me, dude. That's that's exciting. Like that's yeah, you know what I mean to live like that, and you know it's not even about the money. It's just that that freedom, right? Uh, and you know, like like just to like I don't feel like going in today. Like right. whereas most people are like, oh, well, I got to call in, and then you got to come up with that excuse, yeah. and you got to do that crazy your, call. Your and, yeah, you can only do that five times a year. Like, oh, exactly. Man. Whereas like you know what, this is mine, and you know what, I'm gonna take a day off, and you know that. That, you know, hats off to you for that. Um, so I don't know too much about bikes and all that, but you said you, you were doing mostly on the, what were they, the Japanese? Yeah, so they're vintage Japanese bikes is what we, we focus primarily on. The, the problem is it's uh, it's not a very cash-dense industry, as in, like, you can go buy, you know, Honda such and such for 600 bucks that someone has sitting in their Porsche, and it'll take it'll take three or $4,000 to get it running right. And they thought, well, I just bought this six hundred dollar bike. Maybe for another thousand, I'll get it running. It just didn't work, you know. So when people would bring me these, like you know, you call them barn finds in the industry, it was like, no, this is two thousand dollars to fix, and they'd like freak out. So I think I was a little early in that industry because right now the cafe racer, you've heard that term before, mm -hmm. the cafe racer right now is blowing up. I mean, people are like throwing ten thousand dollars into motorcycle builds now. So I think I was a little, little early into that. And if I think maybe I thought I stuck with it, but. So, so on that, 
so after D-Town Cycles, where'd you go from there? So when I was still at D-Town Cycles, I built uh, my very first teardrop camper. I actually built one for just me and Marcy to have, my wife Marcy. Um, and we, we used it a couple of times at Walden, and we camped in it, and it was awesome. It was just this – I found a used trailer with the title. I just put this, like, teardrop shell. I don't know what I was doing, you know, but I saw it on Pinterest, and I'm like, hey, if they can do it, I can do it. So I built this thing. And it was a really, really cool looking, like off-road capable trailer. And that kind of led me into the trailer shop, which is, you know, still actively going right now. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, it, it led me into my, my next shop, which was a, like a world of difference from the first shop. I mean, it was like 3,000 square feet. It had an office. It was in a really nice industrial area. I had a black and white checkered flooring, epoxy, you know, covered with epoxy. It was, it was super nice shop. It was super clean. And I started uh, Altitude Teardrop Company was the next business. And Okay. And what's with the, the black and white checkered flooring? Because <laughs> you have that in your garage. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, know what, what does that mean? Like, When I was – my very first car in high school was a 1965 Ford Mustang. Okay. It was a hot rod. Nice. For me, you know, it was a hot <laughs> rod. And I've always – you know, I've always told everyone if I was – to be reborn, I wanted to be reborn in the like '60s era, where like hot rods were like just starting to come around the I corner. I could see that. I could see you yeah, in that area. Yeah, you know, pack of cigarettes in my t-shirt, white t-shirt, and slick back hair, and like you know, grease. You know, yeah, hundred yeah. percent, dude. So I've always been in love with that era, and every single one of my shops until the day that I die is going to have black and white checkered flooring. So okay, that's just the thing, a small yeah. thing, but, but it's thing. it's like something something yeah. that that you like you said your thing. That's nice, nice. Um. All right, so I mean, we're definitely gonna get into into the teardrops, uh, but um, just a little bit about your background. So, I mean, uh, your first generation uh, American. Yeah, so uh, both my parents were born in Mexico. My father is from Chihuahua, Chihuahua, uh, Mexico. My mom was from Santa Maria del Oro, Durango, okay. which is a little tiny, like a little tiny village in Durango, Mexico. And I'm I'm first generational of my family to be born in the States, as Trump calls us, uh, anchor babies. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, me, my sister, I have an older sister and two younger brothers. Uh, we were all born here in Colorado, here in Denver. And, you know, so both my parents immigrated here to the United States when they were in their mid-teens. My mom was 16. My father was a couple years older than she was. And, yeah, they, they had known each other from Mexico. They had spent their entire lives here together. Up until my father passed away, uh, 32 years old. So, oh wow, yeah, I've already outlived my father. But yeah, he was in a, a car accident, drinking and driving, rolled his truck, and he was with two other, two of his employees. He owned a roofing company. So, I mean, some people say the entrepreneurial blood is like deep in my veins. Yeah, I mean, it, probably com- is. it comes from both sides. Yeah, it, it probably is. My father was, you know, he owned a roofing company, and and in the the mid and early 90s, he was doing like 1,500 dollars a week. Wow, which that's a million dollars back yeah. then. So. I used to st- – my mom saved all of his paperwork, and when I was really young and I was, like, trying to figure myself out, and I was, like, this developing teen, you know, I was, like, looking at all my dad's stuff all the time. Yeah. Something that stuck with me my whole life. But So, yeah, so he was he had his roofing company and, and then, you know, died when he was 32, drinking and driving an accident, rolled his truck and and killed himself and, and hurt his two buddies really bad. They survived. But, yeah, after that, my mom kind of just – she she uh, took it pretty bad. Obviously, my mom was my my father and my mother were very traditional Mexican people, in a sense that, you know, the, it was a male dominated house. You know, the, the sense of machismo was like the man was going to 
take care of the woman and the woman's going to stay home and take care of the kids, cook, clean. Yeah, that traditional Mexican yeah, style. Yeah, you know, and it's 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 very big in, in Europe with the Greek community and it's very big and, you know, I don't know if you, you call it a third world mentality or what, but obviously it's civilized. like an old school. I yeah, think. yeah, just yeah. real super old school. And I think like the civilized world doesn't pick that up anymore. You know, I think it's some, I don't know that it's necessarily right or wrong. I think it just comes down to whatever the hell you think. But my, so after my father passed away, my mom was kind of a deer in headlights. You know, she didn't really know what to do and, and, uh, but, but picked herself up and started Angel's Beauty Salon and has just been rolling since. And Angel's, that's your, your grandpa's name? Yeah, my grandpa's name is Angel uh, Gutierrez. He just passed away. I guess not just. It's been about seven, eight years now or so. But he was uh, the head of the, the whole family. The Gutierrez family is huge. There's 13 siblings, I believe, aunties and uncles. So we have like 70 yeah. first-generation cousins. <laughs> that, I mean, That traditional Mexican family yeah, my, deep, man. I think man, my oldest deep, cousin, deep. Angel, who lives in Chicago, is like 50-something. Wow. You know what I <laughs> yeah. mean? And my youngest cousin, uh, Ralph, is like in his early 20s. So what, the like generational gap. No, actually, I think Andrew, my youngest brother, would be the uh, youngest. Yeah, was 16, He's right? 14. 14. Yeah, or 15 or something. I'm so bad at the age thing. But, yeah, I mean, the, the, the span with our cousins is great. It's a, it was a huge family. And, unfortunately, I think with my, when my grandpa passed and then my grandma passed not too long ago, everyone's kind of, fine, you know, like starting to do their own thing, starting to yeah, it's out, like which happens with the big family. Yeah, and, I, I mean, I've seen that on, on both sides of my family. You know, right. like a, a grandparent, you know, they pass and everyone just, it, it, they break up and, right. you know, think nothing's really the same after that. Um, how, how old were you when your, when your dad passed? Uh, 95, I was pretty young. I think I was like eight or nine years old. I don't remember a lot about him, honestly. You know, I know he was a very, uh, very strict man. Like I said earlier, it was very traditional valued when it came to the Mexican culture. You know, you worked 10, 12 hour days, you worked six, seven days a week. And that's kind of what I came from. You yeah. know, that was the whole idea. His father, uh, my grandpa, Arcadio, is my little brother's name. Uh, my grandpa Arcadio was the same way. He had a ranch in Mexico, 10, 12-hour days, sometimes seven days a week. That's just what you did. Yeah, that Mexican you know? grind. That, right, right. And um, I think that kind of, like, rubs off into, like, the newer generation as far as, like, you know, having that grind, whereas um, maybe, you know, you're not you're not breaking your back, uh, you know, doing construction or, you right. know, roofing and things like that. But you could transition that. So, like, what you're doing uh, you know, with, with your businesses. So you right. kind you kind of take that hustle and that grind that, uh, you know, that, that, you know, you're, you're brought up or I, 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 I think it's in people's blood, honestly, it like could, yeah. it, it's yeah. that mentality, something with the DNA to put that in, like you, you put that into your business. Right. And I think it's like, you, you said it a second ago, it's different kind of grind. You know, we're not, it's not, we're using your, our minds right. rather than our hands right. or our back. And I think it's this, this generational, you know, faux pas that you have to work as hard as your parents did, and you have to get up every you know at five a.m. and go, uh, you know, bring the cows around yeah. and, and feed the pigs. You know, that's yeah. not. It's a different kind of grind. You know, I'm not saying that I don't work ten, twelve hour days, but sometimes I work two hour days and go and it's a ice balance, fish. Yeah. You know, or go and ride dirt bikes or something. Cool. Yeah. And you live a pretty exciting life. I mean, you you, <laughs> <Right> <laughs> you do. Like, I mean, you're in Alaska. Yeah, um, yeah I love Alaska. You have jet skis. You, right. you ice fish. You um, yeah, I'm a you ride dirt bikes. You're, are you an adrenaline junkie, is fair to 100% say? 100% <laughs> adrenaline junkie. I, I call myself a four-season outdoorsman, sportsman, if you will. 
But I, I do a lot of ice fishing. I mean, I think me and Tony will have gone like 20 times this year. And I'm, I'm going to go one day. I, <laughs> I'm going to man up and go one day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I seen you you took Marcy to uh, – Yeah, we to, took her finally on her first trip. She didn't catch anything, but she missed a couple fish. Yeah. It, was a, it was exciting. It's, it's all about the experience. Yeah. I remember, like, seeing ice fishing on, uh, like, on like TV shows or, like, something growing up. I'm like, that doesn't it's look not like what fun. You, it's not what you think it is. You know, some people are like, oh, I don't want to sit around some hole and freeze. Yeah, freeze. Ones, but, you know? like, seeing you guys do it, I mean, like, it, it no, looks fun. we do fun. it properly. Yeah, you do a, it right. Like, a proper setup. You and know, you're, like, you're grilling, the, you're grilling the so fish there. Grills. Yeah, we make fish tacos, the freshest fish tacos, I swear. I mean, Tony's always all over his Snapchats, you know. But... Yeah, man, and I, and I just a little bit to touch on that. You know, I, I think working differently is breaking that generational feeling of mm-hmm. having to outwork your parents, having to, you know, and I think that was the whole pushing point for me with leaving the gig. Yeah. You know. What, 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 what is, like, standard or tradition yeah, yeah, in the I route mean, you're supposed to go? Like, you, you broke that, and I, I think that's awesome. Yeah, breaking uh, the mold. Exactly. No, Exactly. Um, and I mean, you're, I mean, you're getting into things that, you know, like our, like your people, our people like traditionally don't, right. I mean, uh, like we were talking about on our way over here. I mean, I mean, you're getting into stocks and, and, and Forex. Right. Right. Um, and I, like you said, it like, why not us? You know, why, why can't we do right. this? You yeah, know abso- I, mean? I mean, absolutely. I think that there's, there's this idea of what a, a Latino man in, especially our culture right now in the United States is supposed to be, you know, I'm supposed to be a hard working construction worker or a drywaller or, you know, or in the fields, a nine to five yeah. guy, right? That's what I'm supposed to be. But, you know, you educate yourself and you set goals, you know, daily goals, weekly goals, yearly goals, and you hit those goals and, and it t- takes you to completely different directions. You know, like you said earlier, I, I started my trading career not long ago and I'm extremely lucrative about you know yeah. <laughs> it was like imagine that imagine putting you know a, a machine in front of somebody it's just a money making machine that's all this thing is you just it just feeds you money yeah and you're getting somebody with a decent mind behind it and they i, I obsess over it like beef me and brian talk all the time about it he's like dude you're obsessed <laughs> you <know? laughs> and i'm like it's a i mean it's here what what level of obsession is good but i think it's a good obsession yeah i think things for like yeah. that as far as like i think anything to make money ha- obsessing over that i mean that that that's definitely a healthy yeah. and good obsession yeah and, and then you know what you you touch on a point there about making money you know i think that there's this common misconception with an entrepreneur like me you know and 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 i'm guilty of it i won't say i'm not but it's not it's not always been about the money yeah. When I was young, I wish you'd have known me in my early twenties because I wasn't. I was a prick. I was an <laughs> asshole. All I wanted to do was show you how much money I had, and I hate. I hate. You know, I hated that person that I was, but I grew from him. Yeah. You know, and it was like I, I wanted to be flashy, but now I'm 33 years old. You know, I have a good chunk of change, and I'm doing it for different reasons now. You know, it's about generational wealth. It's about yeah. changing the outlook of not only your future but the futures to follow. You know, it's about leaving somebody behind something. It's about breaking the mold. You know, all these things I just think about on a day-to-day basis, and they couple into this idea where I end up becoming this person who no one ever saw coming. You yeah. know, like. No, exactly. And you know, let's get people are like, well, what are you doing now? You know, well, what are you up to now? It's like, well, crazy, but <laughs> I'm doing this. <laughs> no, I love that, dude. You know, yeah. I love it. I, it feeds me every single day, Jordan, honestly. And I, I think uh, I think we were like writing each other on Snapchat, and I, I was like, "Well, like wh- I think I asked you, like, wh- what are you up to now?" Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Every I mean, my mother-in-law Margot, who's uh, Marcy's mom, she'll 
well, what are you doing now, Dario? Like, what, what, are, you, what are you doing now in this world? You know, because she obviously comes from that generation where you, you, you did that thing for 45 years. Mm-hmm. You know, you clocked in and you clocked out. And, and even if you were miserable or not, you know, here's my biggest pet peeve. People tell me all the time, well, you took, you took, you took a gamble leaving that job to do what you're doing now. And you might be doing good, but it was a gamble. You know, you know what a bigger gamble is to me, Jordan, honestly? The gamble that you, you spend your entire life. And I'm not knocking the 9-to-5 guy. No, I mean, yeah. I'm a just fuck, you know, precursor. I'm not knocking the 9-to-5 guy. But you spend your entire life doing one thing for, for 45 years yeah. in, in the bed, in the hedge, that at the end of that 45-year stint, you're healthy enough, you have enough money to finally – Finally, start doing the things that you want to do. But how old are you? Thirty-three. No, but right, how, no, yeah, it, then. No, exactly. but how are how old are you when you're finally able to do the things? Right, that, and who, yeah, who wants to go do all that cool shit at sixty-five? Yeah. I don't. No, I want to do that shit right now. Exactly. So people call me a gambler. That's a gamble, dude. And like, and again, I'm not knocking the nine-to-five guy. Honestly, I think I wouldn't be anywhere near where I am at in my life if I didn't do a nine-to-five. You know, but it was for me. It was like taking taking your thoughts further than that exactly and you and we do need those nine to five guys you know what i mean uh you know bankers um we still need those people but i think for people like me and you like like we we don't want to be that you know what i mean like we don't have to and no i mean i mean i'm glad you touched on that because you know not too many people i think they're either afraid to have those thoughts because how they were raised or um, it's scary, or you know, it's a ga- gamble, like people say, or whatever that you did. I hate but that. I hate when people tell me you gambled with it. It's like, dude, okay, what are we all doing here? What's the end? What's the end goal, honestly, with all of this? Right? Is to is it to make enough money to feed your family? Is it to do something substantial in this world? Is it to find your happiness? Right? Yeah. The point is, it. I don't know why you're doing this. You don't know why I'm doing this, but it, does, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. As long as you're happy doing it. As long as you know right. why, and, and so you know like, what I mean. I, I used to hate that, dude. And I got it from close, close family, close friends. I've lost friends because of it. You know, like, oh, I can't believe you left your eight-year career. Yeah. Go, like, are, are you dumb? To go like, get yeah. your fingernails dirty on a on a motorcycle. And it was like, yeah, I can't believe I did it either. But why do you care so much? Yeah. Like, what is it to right. you? Did that that affects oh, your you're pockets? All, you're gambling. You're all. You're a gambler. Oh my. Excuse me. Yeah, I am a gambler. But. <laughs> but I, I think you. Like yeah, it, it was a gamble, but you bet on yourself, right? And and you like you had insight on on the odds. You know what I mean. You had insight in the game. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, you know what I mean. That's I wasn't yourself. On a Super Bowl team or or a stock market to go up. I, you know what? I, the harder I work, and another thing I, I hate too. Sorry, I'm going on this rant. No, go ahead, I go ahead. I love it. I, I love it. People were like, "Well, you got lucky. You got so lucky." Now maybe being a little exaggerated. But like, oh well, you just you got lucky, and that that somebody wanted to partner up with you with the trailer shop, and we'll we'll talk about that later. But yeah, you know they tell me well here here's the funny part, it's like the the more I worked, the luckier I got. It was like this crazy direct correlation between hard yeah. work. Like how does that work? It wasn't it like you're for a long time. It right? wasn't like you were sitting at the slots or something, no, and, you, and no. you're putting in money and and you hit you know ten thousand twice. That no, no I mean, you're you're you. Like you, you did the work. You you put in the work, and it paid off. And you know everything that you're doing, right. it, it went right. Like, nah, I, I think that is like low key. And you know, not trying to knock whoever told you that, but like, 
a little bit of I don't want to say I mean yeah you could say like jealousy because like because like all right yeah. like oh he did this and it it succeeded like that you know that makes me upset because I'm not doing nothing I'm sitting here working this nine to five yeah, like yeah, why, that, why why it, does it he, probably he is yeah somewhere. you know and like I don't think it, it's ever intentional but that's just people's as as you throw your wallet out no I'm just kidding <laughs> no, <laughs> no I'm just kidding I'm just kidding I got my gloves. <laughs> <laughs> no but um. But and I I noticed be like oh are maybe they don't understand it or it's not something they won't do, so it, it's completely wrong, to to them you know what I mean and yeah. it's it's like like if if it doesn't affect you and if it doesn't affect a person in any way, then you know, like like mind your business you know well, like like, like shut up. <laughs> that I mean that that kind of opens up a different door that they don't understand it you know it's like when you start thinking about bigger stuff like science, like some people can't understand like how we came to be as an atom, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, and it's so mind boggling to some people that it's easier for them to accept a different reality, which is fine. You know, there's not, there's nothing wrong with that. They accept whatever ideology you believe in. Yeah. Like evolution or evolution created or by or God, or religion or whatever, whatever you decide to pick was our creation. But like you said, it's hard for people to understand. So what people want to do, what's what's easier to do than understanding somebody else's perspective, making up your own perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's what people do. You know what? It's so weird to me that Dario left all this shit to do what he's doing. That's not normal. Right. Like, and it's easier for me to just be like, he's dumb. Yeah. Or he's going to fail or, you know, things like that. And for me, it's like driving motivation. Like, I don't care. Yeah. It feels a fire. Yeah. What a difference does it make if I fail? You know what would happen if I fail? I would just go take my fancy degree and go get an engineering yeah. job. You you got a nice little safety net there <laughs> right. to, to to fall back on. Um, yeah. So uh, all right. So uh, altitude, high altitude. Yeah. So it was originally Altitude Teardrop Company when it was just me. I, I think that's why I always I always call it yeah, altitude. ATC Altitude. And then uh, in late 2018. Uh, I I was honestly Jordan. I was done, dude. I had done about eighteen months. I think you told me that too. You're like, I'm I'm kind of. I was like, exhausted, dude. I did. I was doing sixty hour work weeks. You know, I'd come home late, and Marcy's like, "Do you want to do anything?" I'm like, "I just want to go to sleep." <laughs> and you know, I was putting in at least six days a week, 10, 12 hour days. It was me by myself. I was front office. I was, uh, you know, website president. I was social media presence. I was the actual builder, the welder, the painter, the wood guy. I had to take delivery. One man of the company. I was, dude, and and you know what? As as much as I believed in myself, I'm like, holy, like this is exhausting. So goes back to that that nine to five grind. Yeah, and no, and, and it was like, I'm like, did I dupe myself? You know, I just left this cush ass gig to go home and work 60, 70 hour work weeks, and I wasn't even paying myself that year. You know, I was just letting the money accumulate so that the company would have enough funds to build the next two or three trailers. So I didn't. I didn't pay myself at all that year. I didn't make a dime. I went from making six figures to 18K to nothing. So, dude, it was it was a gnarly couple of years. But anyway, at the end of 18, I was like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. So I put I put the business up for sale. And okay. I, I had a good chunk that I was happy walking away from it. And it was a really cool idea. You know, what somebody was coming in was buying, in the industry, it's called a blue sky purchase. You're buying a potential. You're not even, because as one year, one man, how much can I really have shown? You don't really buy a business until it's like three or four years in, and you yeah. can see all of the data, all of the P&L sheets, you know, everything that you need to know to buy a business. So for me, it was like, I'm just exhausted, dude. So anyway, I um, ended up finding a guy, uh, Robert Doshi, my business partner with High Altitude Trailers, 
and we partnered up and we just we blew this thing up and he came in with the capital investment and and we took we took the company from my little one man you know little shit shop in the yeah. corner of golden to i mean this nice ten thousand square foot facility we have 10 employees we're doing you know four trailers a week you know, it was taking me Bowman. six weeks to do one trailer by myself and the quality has gone through the roof we're using name brand stuff instead of me nickel and dime in these trailers so it's just it's been a it's been a wild ride with that trailer company and that's you know we were talking earlier about like long position moves in your life and that's a hundred percent one of my long position moves where you know down the road i could potentially see us partnering up with a giant company you know jayco thor one of the the big dogs or or blue dog rv and and really just kind of taking this thing to the next level which would be thousands of trailers a year uh, I don't know what just made me think of this, but remember, I think it was after uh, a concert or something. <laughs> <laughs> we're at uh, uh, Brooklyn's at the Pepsi Center. <laughs> yeah. And I was telling you, I was like, uh, I think I was like trying oh, to sell gonna you. Be a yeah, I was going to be your salesman. <laughs> yeah, I think Allison was there watching. The whole yeah, and I was like, it. I was like telling you, I was like, like, <laughs> like why, why, like why can't you, why can't you make a thousand a month or something like that? And I was, I was yeah, like, I but I, I seen that vision for you, right and um, like kind of fruition to that. And I think right. when, when you, because you were, uh, I think you were posting about like you sold, sold the company or whatever. Yeah. And I remember I was, I was, I was low key a little mad at you. I was like, right? why, like, why would you sell that? I still have ownership, you know. Yeah. So and like as I found out later, but I was like, like I, I just seen that vision. Like, I mean, that's something that you can, you know, that that's gonna do good right and i was like why'd you sell that and and but like now you, you still because you're the vice president right i was yeah, like i was looking president. at the, uh, the Robert website has control and you know what honestly dude oh you know when i was in my early 20s i thought that i knew everything and every and, and everyone always thinks that right in their early 20s you always think i'm a one-man wrecking crew and i can do it all and you know what i i was pretty good at it but i i found i was lucky enough and i, I hate using that word but i was lucky enough to find you know, a, a business partner like Robert, whose strengths we play on. You know, obviously, I'm very, very technical. I can build, design, engineer anything, everything, honestly. There's been nothing in this life that I've not been able to fix, design, build, repair, whatever. And Robert, you know, he's he's come from manufacturing and business, and he he knows that side of the things. The yeah. stuff that I, I'm like, I just, I will go my entire life not wanting to learn that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going to get pissed that I said this, but I always <laughs> say, like, he does all that boring shit upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> All the stuff that, you, but now that helps because he he takes away all that stuff that you have to do, yeah, and you no, can absolutely. focus on the stuff oh, that you, you know like what? to do. The, the partnership is awesome, man. I mean, I think Robert and I play on our strengths, and we've been able to really, like I said, really take this shop to the next level. You know, there's really only one level after this, and it's it's big dog. You know, being yeah. one of the big guys. So yeah, and then and then at that point, you know, you get a fall back and and let somebody go in your position. You just sit there and right. and, and yeah, yeah. Just but you know right. what? This is this is. The trailer was my baby. The, they're called the, the XT50. I'm I'm trying to get the internet up right now just so I, I can show everybody what they look like. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna bring the camera down here, but uh, no, explain them a little bit. They're yeah, they're so, they're dope. Yeah, no, they're awesome. And let me ask you, so um, because before you, you didn't have like the the Yeti cooler in it, you didn't. Or is that something that you came up with? Or well, so I mean, I'll I'll just be completely honest about it. You know, when I was first building these trailers, I was. I was having to be very, very conscious of my budgets, right? So I couldn't just go and put a Dometic fridge or go and put a, a Yakima rack on or put Michelin Pilot tires. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't go put the nicest stuff on these trailers because I was trying to make a dime. Yeah. So, you know, now that we're a little more established and now that we're able to kind of 
partner up with and buy in, in volume in bulk, we're able to partner up with these bigger, you know, the Toolies and the, the Dometics and the Camp Chefs and these bigger companies. We're able to, to really offer the customer a really cool, really cool product. But anyway, the the uh, high altitude XT50, it's called, is an, an extremely off road capable, go anywhere, do anything, 100% composite trailer. Now, when I say composite, I mean there's no wood, there's no aluminum, there's no seams to fail. We're the first in the industry, and that, this is kind of our our claim to fame, if you will, but we're the first in the industry to essentially take like boat technology, you know how you, you built like a boat with fiberglass, 100% waterproof, yeah. essentially turn that boat around and bolt it onto a frame and call it a trailer. So it's a, it's a, it's an expensive process, and it, it – you know, is the majority of the cost on building these trailers is the shell. But we're, we're really able to offer the customer a product that is just, it's like not, nothing you've ever seen before, you know. Yeah, and I, I got it. I'm going to pull it up on my phone. I can't get the internet on my computer, but I'm, I'm going to do a screen record and I'll figure out a way to, to add this into the right uh, the video. But I'm on the website right now. Highaltitudetrailers.com. Yeah. Uh, go anywhere, do anything with high altitude trailers. <laughs> Built for those seeking a lifetime of adventure with durability, reliability from the inside to the outside. Your new trailer will get you where you're, you're going to, uh, and keep you comfortable and prepare you for your next adventure. Get ready uh, to get into the wild. So, yeah, I mean, we got, uh, is that Danny Struck? Yeah, he, he actually was in the like very first the very first shoots that we did up going up and over Berthet Pass and Jones Pass. Yeah, they're really cool, man. Just check them out. They're they're very reasonably priced. I mean, you it's kind of a niche market, and you kind of have to be you kind of have to be into it. But are you playing? This? Yeah, I'm, I'm playing the the video. <laughs> I'm screen recording it, so okay. I, I'll just add add the visuals. Do wide. Yeah, that was a really cool day of shooting. Actually, Allison, me, Marcy, and Danny, we all went up. Did Fern do the? He didn't. No, he, no, he didn't shoot this. He, he didn't shot shoot in that. that. He shot the the summer footage that we did. This is kind of highlighting its its weather, you know, weather ability where you can actually take this thing in the snow. It's it's completely insulated. R10 value we're getting out of them. You can add a diesel heater to them. You know, we've had. You can pretty had, much live in these, right? You know, well, here that leads me to we had oh, a, a customer that. Who's that guy? Yeah, <laughs> we had a, we had a customer who actually bought one of these because his. Something about his wife was getting her second PhD or something, and they were having to do a bunch of traveling. And they lived out of it. I mean, he was sent me videos from Antero Reservoir, negative ten degrees, and they were inside like, you just, know, low sixties, yeah. just that's, on their that's laptops. That's so crazy. You know? uh, obviously, you can get a heater option with these trailers, but the whole point of that that video that you're watching right now is to show that this is a, a year-round trailer. It's built that tough. Those are nice visuals too. Yeah, that's that, dope. That costs us, costs us money. Pretty penny. <laughs> But I mean, it's worth it, man. Like, all right. Uh, so yeah, this is this is the website. Um, that uh, the foam core uh, composite shell yep, he was talking, about. was talking about. Frame withstands ten thousand pounds of load, hundred percent weatherproof. These things are nice. Like, they're super nice. Um, yeah, and I mean, they're they're built here and and everything's hundred percent built in Colorado. You know. That's another thing that we really stress is the made in America, made in USA, Colorado proud. You know, we're all everything pretty much is made in Colorado. The shells, the frames we build in house, we powder coat them locally as well. 
everything sourced through through wholesale distributors here in Colorado. So that's something that we would take take very serious. Obviously, as a small business, we want to support other small businesses as well. And as you know, as long as they're Colorado based, and we're all for it. So. All right, I'm gonna play the video. I think this is where it, it like shows them being made. Is that uh, in the shop? Be. That's the one that Fern did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and Natalie's cousin Fern. He he does uh the visuals and photography and all that. Um, yeah, 24k. 24k. I'm I'm gonna have him on here eventually. Hit him up. He's he's awesome. He's. He amazing. did our um he did our engagement pictures and he did um, Lila's first pictures. Okay, so that's how they get made. Yeah, that was just, you know, a little, it, a little idea of how these trailers are made, you know, the quality that go into them. Everything's hand-built. You know, we're not buying cookie-cutter uh, cabinetry. Everything gets hand-built by our wood shop. We have an in-house wood shop with routers and all that good stuff. I mean, it, it's a it's a high-scale operation, and they're not— Oh, and you can set up a tent on top, yeah, too? Yeah, oh yeah, That's, absolutely. They're not, they're not cheap by any means. I mean— you're not gonna you're not gonna get into but one you get of these your money's worth cheap. exactly but that's the whole idea is that this trailer you know that was kind of the leading factor with us moving to a composite shell is that you can go buy a hundred thousand dollar fifth wheel that's built cheaper than that trailer is right there you know that has edges mm -hmm. that can fail that have caulking seams that can you know that can, somebody didn't waterproof because it was friday afternoon and they wanted to go get a beer with their buddy and they forgot to to caulk an edge and it started to leak on them you know there's not there's no kind of problems like that with our shells. They're just a one piece. And Robert Doshi, how how did uh how did you guys meet? You know what? I had listed my company on Biz Buy Sell. It's a it's a website. It's like a Craigslist for companies. Yeah. And him and his wife were were wanting to move to Colorado. They're they were in India or in Indiana. I'm sorry, not Indiana. <laughs> uh, and they were wanting to move to Colorado. And he found me. Came in. We talked. We negotiated. I was able to meet his wife. Sandra, she's awesome, and we've struck a deal. And, mm, yeah. That rest that was is history. 2018, so we've been partnering for years. about three years. Yeah, two years. Yeah. Or three, uh, yeah, three yeah, coming years. up on three years. Yeah. It's already 2021. Um, now that that's that's awesome. Um, so besides altitude, um, what what else what else is on your plate? Because I I think you might have mentioned. Yeah, so I was doing some consulting work with the company that shares the building that we were in. A company called Gafco Industries, and was doing some engineering consulting work with, with the owner who just passed away. Um, really cool guy. He was kind of like a mentor to me. Very very successful businessman. His name was Greg. He was awesome. But I was doing that for a while, and then I kind of stumbled into my trading career. Is what I'm doing now. Is, is I've, been, I've started to trade forex, and I've been very lucrative doing it. And it's just been it's been an awesome it's been an awesome process for me. And I'm actually, in all honesty, I'm starting to fall in love with it. Which, you know, even though I, I'm, I'm doing this trailer business and I got other side hustles and doing all that stuff, for me to be able to say I'm falling in love with something is huge. You know, I think I only love my wife and, and my dogs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and, my, and my mom and sister and brothers. Yeah. But I, I'm truly falling in love with it. You know, it's, it's very technical. You know, you're setting up your trends. You're setting up all of your data. You're, you're relying on yourself. You know, you're not taking signals from people. You're not taking you know, signals from, from programs. You're relying on your own technical knowledge of it, and I'm just now starting to come around. I think I was telling you at my house that I've, I've blown some accounts already. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been, it's been scary. I mean, like anything else, starting out is super scary, but it's been, it's been a roller coaster. And but, like, obviously, like everything in my life.
But yeah, I mean, uh, so I'm doing that now, and I've I've obviously been focusing a little bit more on the trailer shop. We're coming out with a couple of different models in 22, 21, and we're really just trying to get this trailer company to a spot where it's just it's just going to be a well old machine. So you know, my day to day consists of like two or three different. You know, I'm still doing a little consulting work for Gafco. And you know, obviously, I, if I see a setup with, with my trade, then I'll take it. But I've had a couple of really cool people I bounce ideas off of and that have really, really helped me along the way. You know, shout out to my boy Tim, shout out to my boy PJ. Uh, but they've been able to really, really get my eyes dialed in on what the market's doing. You know, and without their help, I don't know how far I would be. So. Uh, so yeah. that's that's who got you into yeah into they're forks. you know they're mentors for me I mean I think you know they they're both along their their path as well in their trading careers and they're both you know obviously everyone has different trade styles and everyone uses different uh, different tactics and techniques and yeah these are just guys that I've bounced you know and, and a couple other friends that I went to high school with have been reaching out and you know let's start up groups or let's let's all get together and. And like I was telling you a couple of times on Snapchat, I'm like, you know what? I, what I really want to do is just get really good at this mm-hmm. and, and then to be able to, you know, possibly hold meetings where we can all sit down and, and, and discuss trade ideas, discuss, you know, this is my setup for uh, XAU USD or this is my setup for uh, GBP, JPY, you know, or, or mm-hmm. Bitcoin or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, let's talk. Dude, the, the traditional way of making money is dead. And I tell Marcy that every single day, and she gets so mad at me. <laughs> but it's on, dude. It's the truth. No, it, you know, you it got is. These, you have million-dollar TikTokers. You have million-dollar YouTubers. The traditional way of making money is is dying. It's dead. And, you know, I think if you're not ahead of it, then you're – and if you're not in it, then you're most – you know, obviously you're behind. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to get right. left behind. So, you know, I've, I've always been a forward-thinking person, and I've always tried to align my body with that, you know, Aligning your mind and body is, is a big thing for me. But I, being able to align all of myself into doing something that feels – it feels different, honestly, dude. You know, yeah, sometimes I'll get into a trade, and I'll write down how I feel, my emotions. When I took the trade, in the middle of the trade, when I exited the trade, because it's different. And change hurts sometimes. Change feels it's awkward. It's like a shoot scary, yeah, too. Oh, absolutely, dude. You know, especially if you're, if you're trading big lot sizes and you're trading with your own money, and it's like, whoa. You know, yeah, but I don't think I don't think honestly as humans, I don't think that we can grow without feeling uncomfortable Mm -hmm. or without change. And I think that's what happens with someone who gets really comfortable in their situation is they end up becoming stagnant. And that's that's why they lose their minds. And that's why they end up, you know, uh, excuse me, but they end up going and shooting up uh, post offices and Mm -hmm. end up going and driving tractors through. You know, Granby, Colorado. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, it's, the it's, truth, it's dude. yeah. And honestly, it's the truth. It's like, here, find something that is gonna that is gonna stimulate your psyche, you know, so that your mental health is good. Because to me, dude, honestly, to me, like I take care of myself. You know, I, I try to limit sugar intake. I drink a lot of water every day. I started working out again. But the most important thing to me, I mean, aside from the obvious, family, wife, dogs, whatever, yeah. is my mental health. Yeah, I mean that's at the end of the day. That's I mean that. Dude, you lose that. That ain't coming back. Mm-mm. You break your leg because you did something cool. Whatever, fix <laughs> it. You know. But yeah, but yeah. Once 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 you. Oh, my mental health is huge for me, dude. That's why that's why I did this whole thing. Cause it was like I was I was sitting in an office doing engineering shit, and let me tell you, there ain't nothing glorifying about that. You know? Yeah, I, I I couldn't even imagine. Dude, it's a. Uh, 
Anyway, how like mine i'm going off but uh to go back to uh how you said you wanted to start the group or whatever mm-hmm. uh have you heard of discord yeah yeah i'm in a couple discord groups yeah so what if because uh, i'm in a discord group now where uh it's called the wealth squad okay. uh not even trying to plug them or nothing I, I, wealth well, squad. squad and they just show you a bunch of different ways to make money and oh, cool. as as i mentioning they have the uh, this guy, he, he'll post his um, stock trades or whatever, things that he's getting into and, and this and that. So, I mean, what if you started something like that? Yeah, no, and, and I think honestly – And then that, charge monthly, right. uh, you know, a membership fee of, you know, 20 bucks a month or whatever yeah. and and build on that. And, you know, you use your, your analysis and everything that you know mm-hmm. and you're like, all right, guys, I'm going to get in X, Y, and Z. Right. And, you know, this is my stop loss. This is – and you know what I mean? And, and – kind of help people and yeah, yeah. post and actually, videos on how to do it, things like that. I think that's something you, you definitely can oh, do. Oh, 100%. I think, you know, so it's funny you bring that up. I was actually talking to Rob, you know, Rob Nightlight Street Printing. Oh, Sandoval, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Nightlight right Street on. Printing. Yeah. Uh, Rob, I was talking to Rob. He had done some vinyl stuff for the trailers, and I was, you know, talking about how there's guys that do that. You know, they send out signals, and they're 80%, you know, accurate, and people are making money. And, and I could, you know, for, for me, I – not so much like I want to become a millionaire doing that. I, I think I would rather honestly like bring on five or six of my closest friends and be like, hey, guys, this is what I'm doing to become a seven-figure trader. Mm-hmm. And I would love to show you guys. Just, okay, so just, just helping your, your, yeah, your no, people. Yeah, my squad, my, you know, yeah. my clan. And, and it, for me, it's like everybody eats at my table. You know? And why would I hoard this knowledge? You know, like, like my buddy Tony, one of my best friends. Um, T-Biz. You know, yeah, T-Biz. Shout out to to cp26 neck what's up Tony? <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> um you know he's all like i'll send him i'll send him some snaps uh, you know when i'm in a trade and i'm making some profits and he's like what the hell like when are you going to show me and i go what what the snaps i don't send you is when i'm losing you know? yeah i was like let me get really comfortable with this dude and then you know or we can do it together like let's lose together <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah or let me get really good about it but yeah i mean you know i was talking to like my other buddy chris about it i was talking about you know I want to I want to set up like a little office, kind of like this room, like just something small in Belmar or in Cherry Creek where we can call it a war room. You know, we got monitors everywhere. All of us have our laptops out. We're like, listen, what do you think of this setup? You know what? I'm a firm believer on five minds are better than one. Mm-hmm. You know, as powerful as one mind can be, I don't care. You know, you got yeah. five people who are like, that's that's a good setup. Let's all take it. Boom, we're in profits. Yeah. Or, or you know what? There's something weird that one of us caught that four of us didn't. Let's not take it. Yeah. You know, because at the end of the day, Jordan, you're, you're trading against giant institutions. You're trading against banks. But what you want to do, what you you know, instead of going up this slippery slope, what you want to do is trade with them. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the whole idea. The, the smart money concepts, the trading with the banks, that stuff. You're, you're wanting to trade with the banks. You're catching their giant movements. And it's like, look, you're, you're going to – if you're going to try to trade against them, like, oh, it looks like they're going to move it down. Let's buy it here. Let's, you know. Yeah. Why? You're gonna lose yeah, ninety five percent of the time, dude. You, you know what? Your your thousand, your hundred thousand a year, your million dollars a year, Jordan, is a drop in a lake of the amount of money that's traded daily in forex. Yeah. Seventy seven trillion dollars. <laughs> Think about how much that is. Yeah, that, I mean that's that's nothing. You can't even. I can't even fathom the idea. That, yeah, that's 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 crazy. <laughs> 
But no, I, I think the the whole war room and, and having five yeah, guys. How cool I, would that be, no, dude? that that'd be you know? that'd be awesome. Imagine yeah. that. Like imagine like kind of like just a, chips in on the rent. I mean, there's you're not no one's no one's no one's boss. You know, everyone you know right. just just chilling and and live live good and have that right. freedom. No, that that's awesome. I, I actually yeah. I like that my, idea. PJ, my mentor, calls them beach traders. You could be a beach trader. Give me a laptop, Wi-Fi, and I can that, make you money. I think that's that's part of like how times have changed is honestly like all you all you really need to start something you need a laptop internet access or your phone internet access. Yeah, I mean I far like Gary Vaynerchuk, he's a huge entrepreneur, and and Ty Lopez, they talk about like if you're a motivated entrepreneur and you can't make money right now in 2021 with the amount of e-commerce, you know, trading stocks, uh, content creation, the amount of resources that are at our disposal. I mean, this is the age of information we all walk around with a supercomputer in our pocket so if you can't make money now as an entrepreneur then you better you just go back to that nine to five mm-hmm. you better it's just not go back you. to waiting for payday to buy a snowboard you mm-hmm. know or or every 15 days i can go fill my truck up with diesel you know i, I can't go do this tonight so um yeah dude i mean a couple of the, of the entrepreneurs that i follow gary vaynerchuk gary v he's on instagram he's awesome he's just I think he's been trying to buy the Boston Celtics. But, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, Ty nice. Lopez, uh, another guy. Ty. I fall. Yeah, Ty's cool. Um, oh, I had a brain fart. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, something I did want to talk about with you, Jordan, and I don't know if maybe take it in this direction, but I, I read a lot of Dr. Joe Dispenza. I don't know if any if you've heard of him or not. But I haven't. Put me on game. Yeah. So he's a he's a neuroscientist who. He studies the mind, you know, he studies the chemical reactions that the mind and the body have. And he, he talks a lot about, and this is kind of my take on what, you know, obviously he doesn't know it all. No, nobody knows it all. Yeah. But this is my take on, on kind of what he talks about and is about how the body and mind are two different entities. You know, the, the mind is the CPU. The mind is the central nervous system. The, the mind is the controlling factor in this relationship. But the body is like an animal. It's like a dog. You tell it to sit, it sits. You know, yeah. you tell it to pee, it pees. You tell it to walk, it walks. So, you know, I, I, I've been asked before by people, like, how did you, like, consciously decide to make that change to become an entrepreneur? You yeah. Know? Like, you know, and, you, and you're one person that confines in me, and we talk a lot about entrepreneurship and, and why I did the things I did. And I have a handful of other people who, who you know, like my buddy Joe, my little brother, um, a handful of other people who confine in me, like, hey, kind of right on the cusp here you know i don't i don't really know if i should take the leap but it's it's really hard to make that change Mm -hmm. you know it's scary like i said it's it's super scary and 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 change in general is scary you know i want i'm overweight i want to lose some weight making those changes is hard i want to start reading more you know i want to start waking up earlier i want to stop drinking so much coffee change in general is hard so what dr Dispenza really hits on is the idea that in order for your body to make these changes because your body like i said your body's just a piece of meat that walks around that has things that it's been told yeah in order for that to happen your body and mind have to become aligned okay so how many times have you heard somebody like i'm stressed i have anxiety i think you talked about that in your first episode yeah yeah no i've I've definitely struggled with anxiety my whole life so i mean is it fair to say that that you think that your health has suffered a little bit from your anxiety yeah oh yeah yeah so if our mind is powerful enough to make us sick to where you you had the shits or something because you were so nervous. Yeah. Why isn't it powerful enough to make us healthy? Yeah. 
Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, and it absolutely – so that was kind of my take on what he was talking about is about, you know, the, the, the firing and wiring order with your body. You know, when you've, when you've done something one way your entire life, those roads are paved, very well paved. Mm-hmm. It's a highway for your information to get to that area. I've always peed this way. Yeah. I've always <laughs> walked this way. I've always, you know, eaten this way. All of that, that firing and wiring in your mind and your body is very well paved road. What isn't is waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning to work out, is eating an apple instead of a Snicker bar. You know, these, these changes feel awkward to you and me because you're going down rough paved road. The, the firing order between your mind and body isn't established. Yeah. You know, that's why you start working out again after you don't work out for four or five years and your body's destroyed. Yeah. Because it's like, like what am I doing? What is this? You know, it's confusing. So for somebody like that always asks me that, how did you make that conscious mental decision to make a change in your life? And for me, it was I, I was just finally able to align my body and mind to say, I'm done with this and break that every single day routine of getting up and going to Denver water and doing this thing every single day. And now <laughs> waking up sometimes at eight. Yeah. I think I'm going to sleep in today. Yeah. Not having that set schedule. Right. So you think that's, uh, what was his name again? Dr. Joe Dispenza. He's got, Dispenza. yeah, uh, I read a book of his and he's got a, he's got a podcast that he does and a lot of content on social media on YouTube. He's got a channel and he's a brilliant man. I mean, the dude has studied oh, I mean, the yeah. human mind and the human psyche for the better part of 35 years. And he just talks a lot about, and even he has a hard time aligning his body and mind. But he's, you know, he talks about how powerful our minds are. And it's scary to think how truly powerful our minds are. Yeah. So, you know, and here, okay, here's what I really want to say. <laughs> he talks about how, how, okay, and we'll, we'll use your example about your DUI. You know, whenever you think about your DUI, how does it make you feel? Before or now? In general. I like, well, okay. Because like, in general, now I, I've, I've accepted it. Okay. And, well, well, maybe and I'm, let's I'm, talk about how it made you feel when a I, month after you had it. Oh, oh my God. I, I mean, it, I think I can honestly say that's the lowest I've been at my life. Okay. Okay. So that feeling that you were feeling, the body doesn't know if you're experiencing that if you're experiencing that now or then. The body's dumb, remember. It's mm-hmm. just a dog. It's just a trainable animal. So the so say the problem with you living in the past with those emotions is that you subject your body to the same emotional response. So if you start thinking about your DUI and you're like, shit, man, I can't believe I did that, your body starts to fire the same emotional reactions that it had when you got your DUI. Uh, yeah. So now you've lived your DUI twice. Now it, you think about it again, you've lived it three times. It's kind of like muscle memory. Exactly. But so imagine all the stress, the anxiety, the strain you put on your body when you got your DUI. Oh, God, you were so mad at yourself. You were so disappointed. It was an all-time low, like you said. Yeah. All, all of those crazy free radicals that your body was releasing, you release those every single time you think about it. Okay. So if we're living in the past, then we can essentially predict our future. Yeah. Which is going to be what? The past. Yeah. Right? You're so not going to get anywhere He talks it. about something like 70% of people live in a constant state of emergency. All they talk about, all they think about is their past. You know? So you wake up every single morning. You think about what you did with your DUI. And now you know exactly how your day is going to go. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel like shit. Yeah. You're and and, and all-time low. It was like that. Like, uh, like I, I mean, I would get distracted and, and um, 
you know, I, I'll go throughout my day and like something would, something reminded me of it or like, you know, like I, I'd get something in the, in the mail from the DMV or right. uh, somebody would say DUI and it was like trigger. And, and that's true. Like I, it would like trigger and I'd think about it the and like I'd be up here, responses. I'd be up here and then I'm like, boom. But I think the big, the, that what kind of kept me there with that was uh, not telling anyone about it, like keeping it a yeah. secret like that. I mean, that ate me up and and like constantly like um you know people be like oh you know how, how's, how's your job going you know how are things going on and and i'm like oh yeah I, I would be like real like like discreet about it i'd yeah. be short and be like um oh it, it's good it's busy it's busy and, and i would just keep it like real basic like that and so i mean for the longest time i think up until um i made the podcast because i mean that's really when i like announced it, it right? yeah and and told everybody and like once i did uh, like it felt like a million pounds like lifted off of off. Uh, lifted off of me yeah. and i was like like i was like like i i was like chained up you know what i mean i was chained oh. up to this dui and every single time you thought about it your body reacted the same way yeah and like i crazy. said I, it, it, it would like hit me and it was like like a, a a black cloud came rolling in right and like i'm down and I'm like so fuck. here just to finish that train of thought so what if what if you're able to project your future based on your thoughts what if instead of thinking about every single time, shit, my, my DUI, now you start thinking about the cop lights and the handcuffs and all this money you have to spend. Instead of thinking about those things, why don't you start envisioning, okay, my podcast has 70,000 views a, a week. Uh, I'm now monetizing it. Uh, I have my own studio at my nice-ass, you know, three-bedroom house. You know, so imagine being – it's the same thing like I said earlier. How come you can't make yourself better yeah. instead of making yourself say, Why can't you project your foreseeable future by projecting those thoughts in your mind? Yeah. And I think you can. And honestly, I did. Right. I, I, I really did. Like by uh, putting this on the podcast, like I said, I freed myself from that. Right. And instead of um, like being like so ashamed and like discouraged of it, you know, what? I, I owned it. I was like, you know what? Yeah, I, I did do that. I, I did. I did fuck up. And you yeah. know what I mean? I, I made a mistake. But um, I'll tell you what, I won't make that mistake twice. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to learn from it. I, I think I, I might have said this with my sister, but that honestly could have been the best, worst thing that happened to me. OK. Like a uh, silver lining thing. Yeah, like exactly like a silver lining, because um like hitting that so like I'm, I'm going down a road and i i hit that that speed bump and it turned me to where i i, I could have you know went down another road i, I could have you know uh, been an alcoholic or right. you know i could have started drinking and, and went down that path right but instead I, i'm going down this path that i'm at now and like you know i'm, I'm chasing I, I started this podcast you know I, i'm i have a couple other things i'm working on i'm getting into stocks i'm you know i'm trying to you know i'm, I'm trying to trying to follow like the, the path that you did and do oh, things on your own. Yeah. And, um, but like how, how you're mentioning that, like it, it registers with me because like, like I said, if like I changed my future and like how, how I want to see things. Yeah. You are what you think. right? Yeah. And I, I think I'm really pushing myself finally to, to get down that path. Yeah. And even just now, we, I mean, we just briefly brought up your DUI and you were like, boom, 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 firing, firing and talking. Like about before it. where I'd be like, oh, well, right. uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, don't want to talk you, about it. I think it. you've gotten comfortable with it. And I think, I mean, obviously there's a, a moral thing behind a DUI. Obviously, if you come to terms with those things and it's like. Yeah. And like some some people don't. And, and you know, where I was so embarrassed and ashamed of it and I wanted to hide it and keep it from everyone. Right. Uh, and that that killed me. Like, you know what I mean? That That really like. Like I said, it was a constant dark cloud. It was it was having that that ball and chain constantly following me, right. and like now, I mean, like I'm I'm fine. Like I like I feel free. 
I feel free from it. And, uh, you know, I'm going through my classes now and like people are in there and they're so miserable about it. And, you know, they're like, oh, I'm only here because I'm supposed to be. My thought is I'm paying for this. So let me get as much as I possibly can out of this. <laughs> let me get my money's worth and and try to and try to like learn some. And I do. And, and I, I really do learn things. And um, you know, obviously, you know, I can't wait till it's over and I can be, right. you know, and but learn from this. But like I said, not twice. It's not going to happen to me twice. <laughs> Um, what else we got? Uh, so you mentioned, uh, Marcy a lot. Uh, so obviously uh, for people who don't know that that's your wife. Yeah. So um, Marcy's my wife. We've been dating, you know, it was like on and off from high school. Kind of like me and Natalie. Yeah. It was, you know, right after we graduated, she went up to Greeley to, to go to school at UNC and I stayed down here to stay at Metro and, and we did the long distance thing. We really took it seriously. We moved in, bought a house together and then obviously, you know, got married. She's. She's an entrepreneur like me. Yeah. She does more reading than I do. I mean, that girl reads probably two books a month, three books <laughs> a month. I mean, she, she's really into it. She runs her own Mary Kay business. She's uh, super successful with that, yeah, too. I'm like, a, well, a <laughs> she's a grinder yeah, for she's that, a sales, man. sales director with Mary Kay. She's on track to get her pink Cadillac uh, here coming up pretty soon. And yeah, Would you man. drive her pink Cadillac? Uh, no, I probably. <laughs> I would too. Yeah, I, I always tell her, I'm like, and I tell her other her Mary Kay friends because they're like, a, I always call them a little mini cult, you know, and they're a little Mary Kay cult. Yeah. But I'm always like, I'm not driving that pink Cadillac. Are you kidding me? But who am I kidding? Yeah. Brand new 2022 pink Cadillac. I don't care. What you got, you got to take it to the store or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Denver Bronco slippers. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, she grinds, man. I mean, that that girl uh, is, you know, it's funny. People always talk about marrying your opposite, but Marcy and I are as opposite as you could ever even think. You know, that girl's so, so regimented and so, like, strict about her, you know, working out and her diet sometimes. And it's just like, you know, it, it's it's a clear clear projection that, for one, there's there's at least two different ways to skin a cat. There's ten different ways to skin a cat, right? So yeah. she's extremely successful because she is writes everything down. She's very strict about her schedule. You know, she likes that kind of structure where I'm extremely successful just – living off the cuff yeah you know like ah, i think i'll go in at nine today and i get more done from nine to five than i did from seven to like seven. being more freely yeah, yeah. no and I, but i think it's like it plays on this whole you know movement that it's you do it your way kind of thing so yeah. and i think that's the biggest thing i mean do it how you you want to do it do it how you like right uh but she was kind of the same as, as far as like you with um leaving the because uh, what did she do before mary she Kay? was she was in corporate america also she worked at a company called Encana. An oil and gas company. She was in uh, procurement. She was you'd buy the the fracking material, fracking sand. And uh, her and I left our corporate jobs like within a month of each other. Was it like an agreement between no, you two, no. or <laughs> is, it just worked out that hell way? No, she she's her mom still gets mad at me about it because I was supposed to be an engineer for like a year, and Marcy was going to quit, and we were going to kind of do this. We had a plan, you know. Yeah. I hate plans. I hate, I literally hate plans. <laughs> but we, we had this plan that Marcy was going to quit and, and do Mary Kay for a year, and I was going to stay at my engineering job for a year, and we were just going to stack cash until we were comfortable. And I quit like a month. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And I left. <laughs> so we were both literally left our, you know, we're dual income, 100K plus people, like left our incomes to pursue these dreams. Yeah. And uh, it got squirrely there for a little while, you know. It was. Uh, but you guys made it, and no, yeah, yeah, I mean, but yeah. but like no, I mean just to to take that risk and 
Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny how things play out like that. Uh. <laughs> there it is. And I think that, the, you know, in, in our society, that there's this common misconception that entrepreneurs' lives are really glorious. You know, because you got the big entrepreneurs talking. You got the Elon Musks and you got the Steve Jobs and you got, you know, these huge, like the Gary V's. These guys talking about, you know, oh, I, you know, in my private jet, we're going to go talk about buying a, a basketball team. But, you know, so many times people don't get to see the raw footage of being an entrepreneur. That grinding. The and grind. That, yeah. I mean, the small business owner, the individual sales rep, you know, the guy hustling uh, Cutco knives. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's there's this other side of entrepreneurship that no one talks about. And it's the, you know, I got white hair. I got white hair in my beard because <laughs> I don't know where my next dollar is coming from. Jordan, honestly, dude, I mean, it, it it's scary. You know, when yeah. you're when you're a part of an institution, a nine to five, every 15 days, you know that you can at least wait to get something paid for. You know, you have to wait every 15 days to do it. But, hey, it's going to be there. You know, it's going to be there. Um, so as an entrepreneur, you know, it's not for everyone. And I hate I hate to be the one to tell you that. And and, and here, don't listen to a damn word I have to say, you know, go yeah. do whatever the hell you want to do. But you, you have to remember that this isn't a job. I'm not going from. Denver water to the town of Castle Rock, you know, you're not going from Coors to whatever you're going. This is an entire life cycle. I mean, this, you're changing your whole life. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. It's, it's not all what, how, how's the saying going, uh, glitters and rainbow. Right, it is, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't got a taste of it yet, but I mean, I, I could only imagine just everything that, that goes into it and right. just, and just so much, so much stress so yeah i think that's the the glorified of entrepreneurship is like oh yeah you're living this great life but it's yeah. it's not like that and um you, you know what i mean there's so much stress that, that comes along with it um what else you got dario uh what any anything else you're working on what about real estate you ever you ever thought about getting real uh, estate you know what i i when i was re- when i was younger in my early 20s late 20s i i thought about it i bought a house when i was really young and the market tanked in 08, and it messed up my credit for the housing stuff. Where you're at now? No, this, oh. this house on Ellsworth. I was like 18, and I bought this house. Oh, okay. And I was going to be like a fix and flipper, and I did it with my mom. And, and um, you know, the the housing bubble in 2008 blew up, and my, my arm loan went through the roof. Oh, shit. And I had to short sell the house. And it, it kind of kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. But fixing and flipping really was pretty like it's probably the dumbest thing I didn't get into because I literally can do anything on a house, you know. Yeah. I've helped Danny Palio, like a bunch of my friends remodel their homes and, and I love to do it honestly. Like I love yeah. I, I have a home theater in my basement, you know, and I love to to build. Um and my you know, it was like kind of falling in my father's footsteps with that in that aspect. But it was something that I, I think I still will get into. You know, the house that we're in now we have a ton of equity in. And it could be a, a rental property or, or a you know fix and flip kind of thing or, or whatever. But, yeah. But yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I'm not really in that real you estate really thing. Dab, no, my my portfolios and you know stocks and and most recently moved into crypto, uh, which I think is I think that's the wave, honestly. <laughs> you know. Shout out Dogecoin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Bitcoin. Yeah. Okay, so that that's not your niche. You wouldn't do no like uh, like buy and hold or no, nothing no, I, like I, that. Oh, you're talking about uh. Cryptos? No, for uh, real, uh, real estate. estate, yeah. You know what? It just depends. The only thing that, that kind of pushed me off with with real estate is you have to have a lot of capital or mm-hmm. or you have to have a lot, you know, good credit. 
or you have to have investors. And it's just, you know, I do well on my own. And I told this to my business partner, Robert, like I play well by myself. And I've always been that way. Yeah. But being in real estate, unless you have the capital, unless you're sitting on a couple million dollars where you can buy 10 you houses. Where you can play nice, with it like that. Right. Yeah. Then you have to rely on other people, investors or, or lenders, you know, and you have, mm. to, you have to rely on your credit. But – I mean, I could, I could maybe see myself getting involved with some form of real estate. Yeah, you know, once you have that capital, like you said, yeah, and, I mean, uh, th- throw this out in here. You guys take care of that, and right? Bring, absolutely. Bring me back the bag. Yeah, <laughs> and it, you know, and I'm, I'm fully on track. You know, I was, ta- I was talking to Brian Beef the other day, and yeah. we were just like, you know, 2021 is going to be a huge year, and, and he's been doing well this year also on his, his uh, sports bet and stuff. Yeah, and that dude's like the guru. He yeah, needs we sell his picks or something. <laughs> right. We, you know, we talk a lot about the break in the generational trends and, and thinking outside the box and, you know, the, the old way of making money's dead. And just, just you know, even having someone like Brian who, who's, you know, in his own successful in his own way is completely different from what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, but we still have the same mentality. Yeah, it, it's know? like the same, the same, like. Yeah, um, because I can't, I can't think the way that I think with someone who's been doing the same thing for 25 years because then it sounds like I'm gloating or it sounds like I'm showing off because, you know, my goals and my ambitions are, too high for somebody to to be able to understand or fathom yeah you know no ex- exactly but anyway yeah um so i don't don't really know what's next honestly i i'm gonna keep hitting that trailer business hard uh, i'm gonna keep my consulting up and then th- my trading career is just i mean it's on the cusp dude. that that might be that might be it huh no honestly <laughs> dude, i, I, I kind of stumbled into this and and that may be it honestly um i was in in boston picking up a a race motor for my little eclipse that I built this last summer. And that's kind of what led me into trading. I met a guy, you know, and showed me another guy and showed me another guy. And, and I did, you know, I'm a firm believer on if it was meant to be, it'll be. And that's how me and my wife live our entire lives. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, this didn't happen because it wasn't meant to be. Whatever, you know, whatever religious beliefs you have or whatever. Yeah. Everything happens for, that's mine is everything happens for a reason, good or bad. You know, I accidentally stumble into Forex trading, uh, which is, uh, you know, again, completely different from stock trading, but I'm really good at it, you know, and it was like, it's like everything that I was good at, you know, researching trends, you know, doing your due diligence, like just, you know, it's just, it's perfect for me. And I start thinking about of all the things <laughs> that I've done in this life, this is going to be the thing that takes me there, which, yeah. and it's, like, a, I, I, it's stressful, but it's, it's, it's the easiest. I mean, it's a less less amount of. It um, is now, but yeah, I mean, it start, yeah, <laughs> starting off when, when smoke you're... accounts, you know. <laughs> I mean, you I blew, I blew accounts, dude. And my boy Pete, if PJ ever listens to this, he'll laugh because he he's like, we throw the kitchen sink at it, and I'm like, I'm the same way, dude. I don't want to make five hundred bucks. Yeah, like, I don't want to make two hundred bucks. I want to throw the whole kitchen sink at it and pull and, up. And it was perfect timing for me because you know I have some capital that I can move into a position like this and not have to worry about turning a thousand into 25,000 in a year. Yeah. You know, I could turn 25 into 75 in a month or, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah, yeah. the kind of power that Forex has. So anyway, yeah, that's, that's next for me. Uh, I'm still working on my cars. Uh, we're looking for a piece of property, some uh, house. We're trying to move West. How far West? Uh, Morrison maybe. Okay. I like that area. Yeah. I, I want to say Southwest. As long as you ain't moving up north. No. <laughs> Nothing against no, anybody living up north, but I don't go anywhere north of Alameda. <laughs> it's just all foreign to me. But, you know. but um, yeah, yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on. Dude. Yeah, and I, I appreciate you uh, coming and, and sharing your knowledge and, you know, dropping these gems and 
um you know i I hope people that's that's why i wanted you to have uh, i wanted to have you on right on it's just because i like i said you're somebody i really look up to in that aspect appreciate somebody uh you know if i had questions i could could bring them to you and and uh like i said hats off to you the utmost respect for for you know leaving leaving you know, that engineering gig to, to do what you're doing. It was and, dumb, and Jordan. It, it was it, dumb. Yeah. It's crazy, <laughs> but it, it paid off, and, it, and it, it paid off, and you know what I mean? And it's awesome, and I love to see it. Um, Keep an eye out for that war room. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you said uh, you don't know what's next for you? No, man, I don't. I don't. Uh, Just focus on what you got now. and, and Yeah, I mean, I, I can, you know, like I was talking earlier about being able to project your future. I think that uh, every single day, I don't drink coffee or anything, but every single day I, I close my eyes at least 10, 15 minutes in my conscious being, you know, awake, not sleeping. And I, and I picture even that war room or even anything, you know, like I picture myself, you know, on a beach somewhere with my laptop and I just caught 250 pips on gold and yeah. just made a, a quick 2,500 bucks in an hour, you know. And that all sounds foreign to you because you don't trade Forex, but that's it's something that happens. No, I, I, I get that. Yeah, yeah. And, well, and it's something that happens every single second of every single day. You know, mm-hmm. dude, when you really start thinking about what $77 trillion is, I can't – I honestly, sometimes it will mess me up. Like I get down this like rabbit hole of thoughts, and I'm like, I don't even know how much money that is. You yeah. know, but it's like all I'm trying to do is catch a breadcrumb. Just, and, and just a piece. They're like, million-dollar yeah. breadcrumbs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why not? You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. And, uh, you know, after, after this, you know, I, I think I'm going to start looking into it more. Uh, I've been more on the stocks and options. Yeah, so and, so and I trade foreign exchange. I trade exchange currency pairs is what I change. Uh, yeah. You know, I trade the XAU gold versus the U.S. dollar. Or I trade Bitcoin versus the U.S. dollar or, you know, the Swiss franc versus the Japanese yen or the Great British pound versus the euro. Whatever the, the currency pair, you could trade oil, you could trade um commodities like the us 30 s p there's a ton yeah I mean, there's i don't even know how many currency currency pairs <laughs> there are but i'm getting really good at gold um and that's that's kind of what my group you know like the people that i talk to and stuff everyone trades gold just because it's, it's volatile there's a ton, there's a ton of volume in gold you know uh, you can catch 100 pips in an hour I don't think it will ever go anywhere either. I mean, no, they, no. they use gold for uh, yeah. like circuit boards. And maybe and I think maybe for our generation, you know, for the time that we're on this planet, I think we see an institutional move to Bitcoin because people call Bitcoin like the, the online gold, you know, mm-hmm. the digital gold. So I think that we see, a, you know, a little bit loss of volume in gold. But still, you go get a gold bar and you can walk in any pawn shop on the planet and get market value for it. Yeah. That's power. That's that's. <laughs> that's that's 500 years of power, yeah. you know. And, and always going up, right. too, right? Right, nice. So, yeah, man, I mean, I, I think I'm just going to focus on my trading career. There's really nothing that I haven't been able to get really good at, and I haven't gotten this far in my life being lazy, Yeah, you know. So this is something that, like I said earlier, I, I, I'm extremely – I've fallen in love with it. And I wake up every day, and I, I check, you know, I check what the markets are doing. I look on Forbes.com and see what the gold news is doing. I check on what crypto stuff's doing. That, that's just, crazy because, like I said, I mean, we're, we're, we're ain't supposed to be doing this stuff. No, you know, this isn't no. us. This is no. for the for – the, uh, and no offense to my, my Caucasian people out there, but this is for <laughs> white people. You know what I mean? This ain't for us. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. You know, and it's – And it's I, like, I love to see that, you know what I mean? Like, hey, yeah. like we can be in this too, right. you know? Why this not? Yeah, you this – why not us? Like, make room. You know, we're, right. we're in absolutely. this too. Right on. So, um, 
I mean, any wise words from you? Any any advice to anyone looking to you know make that jump or that leap? Um, yeah. Drop I'm, some drop some you know last minute sauce. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, dude. In all honesty, like I I when I heard you were doing this, I, I smile ear to ear. I love seeing my tribe eat. I love seeing my tribe think outside of the box. I love seeing people get promotions. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. hey. You know, a lot of our good friends work at Denver Water. And, I, lo- I dude, I love Denver Water. It really it paid for my education. It paid me the entire time. You know, I don't know how many times I was able to do the trips and stuff that I did because of it. But, you know, I think you, you really need to think long and hard. And I, I'm, I'm talking to an earlier version of myself, really, and you guys are just being able to hear this. But I think you really need to outweigh everything, you know, and, and – and I can't stress this enough. You have to play on your strengths. You can't be a quiet, timid, analytical person and get into uh, sales. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't you, – you have to 100% play on your strengths. This life is not for everyone. You know what I mean? You may get people that grin at that or say, ah, well, you know, what, is, what does he know? He's not even anybody. And I'm not. I'm not anybody, dude. Mm-hmm. I'm just – some kid from Southwest Denver that decided to think outside of the box, decided to break the mold, decided to get away from the genera- you know, generational trends that my entire life had been, you know, before me had been going through. My entire Diaz name was a hard work and break your back, get up every single day, use a hammer, go home. That's what she did. And do it all over again. Right, yeah, but, but I can't, you know, I touched on this a little bit earlier that we glorify entrepreneurship. There has been some days, Jordan, where there is nothing nothing glorified about what i'm going through you know a couple of times i thought i was gonna get sued for something and that you know talking about living in the past talk that that strain on your body dude it ages you yeah Yeah, i just i just erased five years from my life because this person was mad at something or another was going to sue me you know and that kind of stress doesn't come up with an engineer nine to five at some company yeah. You know what I mean? That, so, that's a whole different another stress. It you is, know what dude. I mean? No, like, 100% is because this is my life you're dealing with. So I guess if, if, if you take anything away from this session is that you got to play on your strengths. And you, you, really, you really need to step back and look at the bigger picture because I can't I, – I, you know, I want everyone to go out and find something that they truly are passionate about and love to do. But this entrepreneurial life isn't for everybody. Mm-hmm. It isn't. Yeah. And you know what? Grin at it, be mad at it, do whatever you need to, but it isn't. No, no, you know? I mean, it's, it's and, and a harsh it, truth. So, like, I heard a, a, a little excerpt from Lady Gaga who was talking about, like, if you just if you just gave somebody a compliment about their career choice once a day for every single day, you, you know, you would you would inspire them to do something. Now, if you need if you need a compliment from somebody to be inspired to become an entrepreneur, then you're not an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do that. I mean, <laughs> as serious as I can look at, you're not an entrepreneur, you know, because this is this stems so deeply in you that it is who you are, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, it took a long time, honestly, for me to be able to just be like, you know what, that's just what I'm gonna be, an entrepreneur, because I tried, I tried to go back to get other gigs, and I tried to, you know, ah, maybe I'll just, I'll just hang this up now, and I did pretty good, I got a big chunk now, I'm gonna go back to be an engineer, and it just didn't line up, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know what, this is who I am now, yeah. this is what I am. Yeah, and you accepted it, right? But it's not it's not crap cakes and football like MTV makes it out to be, or you know, uh, these Gary V's that are flying around in private jets, and it just yeah. For ninety nine percent of us, 
98% of us, I don't 90%, I don't know what the statistical number is. It isn't that way. For the small business owner who's an entrepreneur who has to do every single thing, it isn't that way, you know? Yeah. So there's, I guess, to, to tell your listeners anything is that there, there's a lot more to it than than I show you on my Snapchat. Than what the eye sees. Right. You, you, you see the wins, but you, right. don't, you don't see that. You, yeah, you're like pulling my, your hair out. and My little brother just... Um, left his job to start D&D Glass. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, he does residential glass now. He's on Facebook. But, you know, him and I had a, a lot of conversations about it. And I'm like, okay, have you talked to an attorney about an operating agreement? Have you set up an LLC? Have you uh, bought a vehicle for the company? You know, do you are you sitting on 25K that can float you and your daughter in case something – you know, there's like – and he's like, holy shit. Like, yeah. Oh, I, wow. You know, like, I, you know, he had answers to like – 30, 40% of the question, he's like, what the hell is that? You know, I'm like, dude, these are things that no one tells you about, <laughs> you know, and the whole process of, yeah, go out and, and chase your dream. It's like, well, fuck, he didn't tell me that I had to carry a $2 million liability coverage that yeah. costs 1500 bucks a month. Yeah, it just isn't an open door for you to walk into. You yeah, know, so that, you all know, the obstacles. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I only speak on things that I know very well and, you know, I keep an eye out for that. That war room that me and Jordan put together. Yeah, we'll we'll get there, and we're we're gonna get there, and you know, you're you're definitely you're definitely. <laughs> I'm on the path. It's, yeah, you know, it'll it'll. I, I'm excited. I mean, that's like the like next path for me. You know, honestly, I like, see I get it. excited I see thinking it. about it. I see I mean? it, man. Like, I, I being see in this room and be like, yo, like, what do you think about this movement? Like, oh, I don't know. I read this on JP's website yeah, that, that they're doing that, this with this. It's like, that. yeah, no, let's not do that. You know, yeah. like this high paced environment where everyone's kind of lending their ideas and their knowledge and we're all, and everyone in the table's eating. Yeah. You know, and that kind of, uh, I don't we know why eat. it reminds me of like a Wolf of Wall Street minus oh, like, all, minus like all the drugs and shit, yeah. but, uh, well, like just, my, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but just like that intensity no, and yeah, that, like, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. No, that, yeah. that, that, that's exciting. Well, uh, I appreciate it, Dario. Yeah, Thank right you so on, much for Thank coming for on here me. and blessing us with some gems and, you know, sharing your story. And I hope it inspires others. And, uh, you know, like like he said, it's it's not all glitter and rainbows, you know, that and, uh, you know, uh, uh, would you say uh, crab cakes and football? Yeah, crab cakes and football. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure I'll have you on the show again. You I know, know. We'll, we'll talk about how you be, you hit a million off of a, a <laughs> forex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, I got uh, a long way for that, but you'll get there. Uh. <laughs> but all right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate the love. I appreciate the the support. Oh, um, uh, how do people get a hold of you? How do people uh, go ahead and plug your socials or? Yeah, uh, so I'm on Instagram, um, D Town Dario at D Town Dario. You can hit me up there. I'm on Facebook also, Dario Diaz on Facebook. Otherwise, uh, highaltitudetrailers.com. You can contact me through there. I'll post the link for the website too yeah, on there. Absolutely. Um, yeah, check them out. Uh, I, I, how, like, what's a, a, the st- standard price for them? Mm. I can't I can't legally talk about price because I'm a manufacturer, but you can get a hold of our Denver dealership, uh, Earthship Overland. Okay. They're in Inglewood. They could talk numbers with you. Our MSRP, our suggested price, is twenty four thousand for a base model. Okay, and then it goes up and down from there. So. But I mean, it's it's worth every single well, you penny, know, man. It, it's you know, worth and it. It's, gotta it's so be, worth it. it. It's got to be what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a very niche market, but it's very cash dense. Uh, and the person that's looking at this trailer has a hundred and fifty thousand dollar Jeep. He doesn't care about twenty grand. Yeah. You know? So that was anyway. 
But no, I mean, I mean, they're worth they're worth the money. And when I grow up, I'm gonna buy one. <laughs> I'm gonna buy a couple of them. Alrighty, guys. Well, uh, yeah. Thank you again, and I uh, appreciate the the love and the support. Uh, last week, I I left off with a a little quote, and I was watching uh, Denzel's uh, Washington's movie Fences, and uh, he said, uh, "You got to take uh, your cro- your crookeds with your straights." <laughs> And I don't know, that just like resonated with me. So, you know, you got to take the good with the bad. So uh, thank you again, everyone. And uh, yeah, I'll see you on the next episode. Peace.